diary. I am, and now that there's a DLC about it, I'm like, cool, neat. I can. That sounds cool. That's nice. No, yeah, I, I, I feel you. I, uh, I, I tell people that um, after I finished Kingdom Hearts three, um, my boyfriend and I went to bed, and then I started like crying. He was like, "Honey, are you okay?" And I said no i'm not okay and he was like what's wrong and i said i'm sad because the game didn't make me feel anything oh, <laughs> oh my god, god. i was really sad i was really I thought, sad when i finished kingdom hearts 3 i i have been around kingdom hearts fans for so long that when you said that that you started crying i halfway expected something to be uh, i expected you to say sora and riku looked in each other's eyes and i would have been uh, and that would have been completely normal for me i would have been like yes <laughs> that checks out <laughs> roxas and axel had a moment together checks out yes <laughs> but hearing that the game didn't make you feel anything i mean big same <laughs> uh, <laughs> i i had um there was a there was only one moment that made me go like oh man this is awesome uh in kingdom hearts 3 uh, actually i take that back there were a couple moments uh going through tangled for the first tangled world was pretty cool um and uh me meeting woody and buzz that was a pretty cool moment and woody kind of like verbally backhanding gobbledygook or whatever his name is <laughs> young whole, Xehanort yeah young, young Xehanort the whole Woody versus Xehanort meme that's going around is so apt and I love that moment but yeah I feel you I, I didn't feel anything in Kingdom Hearts 3 and I feel so bad about that I've just been waiting for so long it's ugh, it's such a shame you know it does make me feel things what? Mm, yeah. The Black and Animated Podcast. <laughs> Welcome, guys. We are here. Welcome to the Black and Animated Podcast. I mean, the, the not feeling anything for Kingdom Hearts 3 podcast. Oh, my God. We started. <laughs> that was, that's a way to start. Did we all just have a moment where we just like, yeah. <laughs> like, looking yeah. back at Kingdom Hearts 3, like, ooh. <laughs> oh no um, uh, who is this mysterious voice on on the other end of the call with us yes call an, uh, an omnipotent voice from yes. above who is, this? <laughs> who is this Wayman who are you hello yes hi <laughs> sorry not me but you on the other end oh, of the call and introduce yourself Okay, my name is Christopher Wade um, I am an animator uh, and I, I guess director of, of a little indie animated project that I'm working on called The Will of Monsters. Uh, thank you. Thank you too for having me on today. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you on. Um, we wanted to bring you on and since you're working on this project and just to kind and, and you're on the East Coast too, right? Yeah, I'm uh, I bounce between Maryland and Virginia a lot, but currently I am in uh, PG, um, Prince George's County right next to Montgomery County, Maryland cool awesome mm -hmm. yeah i think uh we really wanted to have you on because we're interested in talking about uh animation on the east coast the indie animation scene and i guess your perspective on the indie animation scene um because we don't talk too much uh with people on the east coast on the podcast i feel like this mm -hmm. season is going to be the most 
that we've ever had people from the East Coast on the podcast. So it's going to be very interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, we are excited to get to talking to you and get to know you. I am super excited to be here. Uh, I'm honored that you guys um, that you guys wanted to speak with me. Thanks. So what would you like to know? Well, I guess, first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself. What got you into like doing your own personal projects and just like your background, I suppose. Like, did um, so you go my, to school for it? Things like yeah, that. Yeah. So um, I've always been interested in animation as a story, as a storytelling device. That's, 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 it's always been my, my, my great love and my great hobby. Um, and I went to school for it back in 2002 uh, at the, I'm, I'm going to get, I'm going to get a lot of sneers for this at the Art Institute of Washington, which was, which was based in Virginia. So that was, that was, that was weird <laughs> having to be a, uh, being a school named that. Um, I graduated in 2006 and uh, been bouncing around a bunch of different freelance projects, but because the East Coast isn't, well, let me say this, because Maryland and Virginia aren't specifically known for animation, um it's it's primarily known as like a, a news and politics kind um, and uh, independent film kind of kind of hub that it was mm-hmm. very particularly difficult to make something here in this area we have a couple different groups and a couple different like smaller communities uh in the dc metro area that help foster animation and help like um build up would-be creatives who want to move on to something else but usually when people want to move on to something else, they go to California or Florida or New York or, you know, the, the big places where animation right. is known to to live at. Um, when I graduated in 2006, unfortunately, uh, it was around the time when the housing bubble started to burst. So oh. finding a job anywhere. Yeah. Find, finding a job anywhere was hard. Uh, it was the most difficult thing I've ever had to deal with. So. I wound up having to just take a um, to take up a bunch of different jobs uh, that were kind of adjacent to animation. So lots of video jobs, lots of um, film and and production kind of work at different like video studios that were doing that were just trying that were just getting into like the streaming scene. So mm-hmm. I kind of learned like a lot of you know how. Uh, how to how to build an environment within your own home based on some of the tools that um, that were just available at the time. Um, so I started working on like a, a couple of different ideas that I that I had. Me and my brother, who is also creative, um, his name is Tyrone Selby. We developed an idea, uh, basically to kind of create our own little fantasy idea, and it's called um, Elements of Light. And it's a webcomic that you can find online now. Um, and it has like, uh, he, uh, we, we both wrote the initial pitch and he wrote, um, uh, and he wrote like a lot of the concepts for it and he's currently directing it. Um, we found, he wound up finding, uh, some really, really talented artists called, um, who are named the, the Banerjee brothers. And they do a lot of fantastic anime sort of art. But beyond that, after elements of light, I started putting together my, my own kind of fantasy idea. I saw as the 2010s started to creep up, I started to see like a lot of emerging voices in in film and in animation. And these are voices that you typically don't see 
in the creative field. Uh, there's a lot, a lot of like uh, LGP. I'm, I'm going to get this wrong. I need to get it right. LGBTQ uh, um, people within that community starting to rise up and starting to starting to exercise their skills in gaming and film and animation um, and uh, even uh, minorities and minorities in the field were starting to come up as well. And I was like, what if, what if there was just a just a show or film or just a project that was just about these the most zaniest wildest versions of social justice warriors that there could ever be so i started (laughs) just creating like a whole bunch of like halloween characters that could represent um represent these different perspectives uh and these different walks of life and i started just molding together the will of monsters Mm -hmm. and uh let's see I could go on. Uh, this could be a long, drawn-out story. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It, it it just seems like you've got like a pretty wide ar- array of stuff that you've kind of touched. Um, kind of going back a little bit on the. It's it's funny that you say that like the East Coast or like uh, Maryland, Virginia, and everything isn't necessarily sort of seen as like a big animation hub. It's more so like, uh, like politics and like news news kind of stuff. And I, I think it's kind of interesting just because like we hear so many people that are coming out of Maryland that have like yeah. produced like these really big things like Nyla's from there. Um, Nyla mm-hmm. Magruder, she, uh, she's from there. Um, wasn't um, Jeff Trammell of Craig of the Creek. He's wow. from over there too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I think Rebecca Sugar is from Montgomery County as well. Mm-hmm. She's, oh, wow. she's from over there. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's it's crazy. There's like, I'm sure there's other names that I'm not thinking of right now, but those are the ones that kind of stick out to me. That I'm like, oh, more more Maryland people. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's it's the craziest thing, and it really shouldn't be because I mean we watch cart uh, we watch cartoons as much as anybody. So I mean, just because we're you know geographically so far away on the other side of the country from a lot of these um, from LA. That that doesn't mean that we're any less interested in animation or anything like cartoonish or or creative, and that's that's something I found weird growing up. A lot of the adults uh, in my childhood were like, "You got to work in the government," and you know, lots of shaking your fingers. The government will never let you will never let you down. And now I'm an I'm an adult. I'm right. like Um, <laughs> you guys want to double check? <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> um like okay i guess (laughs) and as a kid and i think uh i think i mentioned this on social media a couple of times that it was i was kind of looked down upon because i was enjoying kids cartoons and it was so extremely isolating uh like wanting to like have fun with these ideas of of like Sonic the Hedgehog and Power Rangers and Animaniacs and Tiny Toons and like when you're in elementary school and middle school you're expected to like be reading important children's books instead of wasting your hours watching television and it's like but these someone had to create this this isn't just draw pictures for fun this is raw technical artistry that's going up on film uh, and as a kid as a kid, I couldn't articulate that, but I understood that there was a level of mastery that people had to train for. This is 
these aren't kids drawing pictures and making the move. You just, get, 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 I'm sure a kid can, but uh, there's more to that. There was something really interesting about watching these drawings, quote unquote, come alive. And I wanted to be a part of that ever since I was a kid. So it's this area is still a little like that. Uh, but ever since graduating from college, I've seen more and more people uh, connect because of the cartoons and of the media uh, that they absorb. And it's such a fascinating thing. Like there are tons of ideas out here. There are tons of personal projects that I see um, that get turned into web comics, even from, I got, I got a few friends out of, out of SCAD that are developing their own web comics. And two of them got approached by, um, got approached by a publisher not too long ago to develop a young, um, a young adult novel. And I thought that's, that's awesome. I mean, who, who, uh, whose dream is, uh, uh let's see if I can word this correctly. Uh, I think it's a lot of, our dreams to work on our baby project and just get paid doing that for the rest of our lives. Right. And <laughs> it's so, it, it's so uplifting to hear that happen when it happens to our friends. So the, the world is big and the world of animation is big. I mean, it feels like a small community sometimes, but there are so many ideas now and the internet has opened up so such amazing avenues of talent. Like I see on Twitter all the time, like, look at these, Look at look at all the stuff that's just created. Like they take years, but like there's some really awesome looking things out there right now, and I'm I'm happy to at least try and be a part of it. No, the kind end. of speaking into that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm kind of speaking into that. Um, so over on the East Coast, you kind of mentioned that, like, because like the internet is super vast, like you said, people can become more connected. How has that sort of helped um, the indie scene over there and like your involvement with it? Like, how have you like connected with like other animators that are either on the East Coast or just like in different areas in order to create the various projects that you've been on? When I was going pretty heavy and free, free um, freelancing um, in the 2010s, um, I wound up connecting with a lot of people over the internet, just picking up odd jobs, like either at video studios, um, 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 I'm sorry, uh, uh, either at video studios or government contractors and whatnot. And they have tons of experience, tons of ideas that uh, help the corporate world that lives in this area. Um, but every so often, we'll have... We'll have like little meetup groups that occur in DC. There is the Animators Roundtable that um, that meets just about every month, and um, it's it's just a group of very talented, very skilled animators that just come together. Uh, whether or not they're working with a corporate um, uh, well, a corporate company or just like a um, freelancer who has gone off and done some really amazing things, they'll come in to they'll rent some space for like an evening, and they'll just show off their work, and their works their works great. And they'll, it's, it's a nice showcase of the talent that's brewing here. I could tell you like there, I mean, um, there are people who have gone from, let's see, I'm going to name drop, uh, an, an old, so, um, uh, an old, uh, I don't, don't want to say colleague, but an old fellow freelancer, uh, that I used to work with. Um, his name is Stephen Carp, K-A-R-P. And he's done some freelancing on the side, creating very limited animations. 
Um, but as he moved into the corporate world, uh, he took his very limited animations and he's built them into like these very important explainer videos tackling subjects that have gone, that range from, you know, how, uh, how you could, you know, better easily pay for a house in this area or how to keep an eye out for, uh, loan sharks in this area. Cause unfortunately uh-huh. they, they do exist. And, um, animation, I won't, I won't say it's an easy way of, of explaining these sort of situations that happen um, from state to state to state or from wherever you live, but they are they're a great means of of filtering down information that would otherwise just be a block of text. And a lot of a lot of animators here, while they do explainer videos, the, the internet has opened them up to just connect with one another. Uh, I mean, I was pretty adamant against Twitter for the longest time. And then I found out that there's, there, I found out there was a booming like art animation side of Twitter, and knowing that, I got connected uh, with with a couple of artists, and they started. Uh, um, and I was like, hey, can I commission you for some, I don't know, character designs or you know for some background work? When I, and when I wound up like really pushing forward the Will of Monsters or Twom, I ran in, I ran into like this fabulous. Um, background artist um named sarah gavigan and she wound up producing like the the most exquisite backgrounds i've seen before i I haven't seen (laughs) in a long time and in a way that made me go this this twitter thing's cool (laughs) it's i i would never would have found this i never wouldn't found this person otherwise it was just a matter of just contacting people just doing a soft email being as polite as i can and just saying hey I'm looking for someone and this project may not be for you, but if, if it, if it isn't, um, could you direct me to someone who is? And if it is, uh, how much can I pay you? (laughs) Right. And it just, it's, it's so cool. Um, one other thing, and I'm going to, I'm, uh, my wife is giving me that look already. Uh, but I've actually, (laughs) uh, partly I, uh, when I first did, Twam back in 2009 or 10 ish. Um, it was, uh, it was, I would say it's impressive for, uh, for an individual and a couple of other people, but looking back on it now, the first version, which is up on YouTube, don't watch it. It's, you don't need to, um, <laughs> it's, it's, it was hard. The character designs are messy. It's the pacing's all over the place. The sound design's not that great, but, um, meeting, when I was dating my wife, she saw my project and she, um, and back then she was, she was also pretty impressed by it. And I was like, Hey, maybe you could take a stab at some character designs. And a couple months later, she had these banging character designs of my three lead characters from um, two scarecrows and one witch. And there was, they were so simplified, but so they were so full of volume and detail at the same time that I was like, I could streamline this to animation and it would work. Like it's far less messy. Twitter, I mean, I met my wife through social media. So Facebook, Twitter, there are some really great ways of just contacting people and just you know, as long as you're like, you know, nice and not like a jerk who's like, "Hey, exposure, come get it." (laughs) Uh, um, (laughs) Then you can, you'd be amazed just how much people will be willing to work with you. Yeah, I feel like this is very interesting because I. I totally agree with you because the 
internet has made it so that people that are independently trying to create can contact someone that they just really like the way that they draw or they're trying they're interested in making something and collaborating and just reaching out and asking like hey can you work on this or can you work on uh, or uh, do you know someone that can help me out with this um and I, i think that's really cool and i can agree i i can relate with uh, how you were uh, talking about Twitter, like, because I feel my earlier Twitter, Twitter days as well mm. were very much like, uh, this seems like a weird place to talk about how much you brush your teeth or like. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like Twitter at first either. I was like, what is this? It's just Facebook status updates. This is weird. Yeah. And just finding that community that you're interested in just. I don't know, just building together or just like helping each other out, giving like tips in under 140 or I guess it's 270 now characters Mm -hmm. and and helping with uh, job postings and things like that. Yeah, people really look out for each other. Uh, The non angry about things that they don't like crowd. They they can go in the corner. The the, the, the good part. Animation hot takes. The the animation hot takes part of Twitter can can go in the corner and sit there. The part where people are like chill and just looking to like help each other. That that's that's nice. Mm -hmm. Where people are hearing job posting and stuff. And that's really it's really it's really good that we have that. Mm -hmm. It is good. I have to admit (laughs) I have to admit unfortunately I have I, I I have dive dove into a bit of that controver- uh, uh, hot take controversial opinion uh, deals on animation and I've been have trying we, hard oh, I, we've all ha- we oh, all yeah, have at I, some point yeah oh, I feel like, okay <laughs> like, it's, like it's interesting it, like I feel like there is, it's an interesting take on animation I mean people usually have like interesting takes or interesting things to say or like things that everybody kind of like hey I've felt this too type of opinions Mm -hmm. so like of course there's that part of the cartoon controversial thing or uh hot animation hot take but then there's also the side that's kind of like hey like um can we just be positive can we (laughs) be nice please you know like (laughs) uh, the last uh few years have been just i mean even outside of animation um have not been super kind to everyone no it hasn't Um, like as a whole on twitter people are feeling like hey like how about how about we not this time animation hot Mm -hmm. cakes hot cakes animate your your favorite cartoon character cake go i would love that trend if it happened oh man oh, yeah. <laughs> oh and it's so it the community the, the the cool chill part of the animation community online i've seen they definitely do look out for each other like i remember a few months ago where someone and i forget who was talking about the concept of like test projects or you know testing out for animation or on assignments and stuff and that's normal to me like when i uh, because i'm not i'm not you know neck deep in the animation industry like uh, when someone when i'm like trying to throw out my um throw out my demo for uh for a test and you know when someone gets back to or i'm sorry for an assignment and someone gets back to me and they're like hey can you whip up a test i feel like that's a normal thing but someone mentioned like Mm -hmm. hey that's your time that's your that's your time that you should 
you know, in some respect, get paid for. And I don't know yes. why, but a light bulb went out in my head. I was like, oh, <laughs> uh, I've just been so desperate for work sometimes. I never thought about that. Uh, but they're absolutely right because, uh, yeah, the industry does have some not great ways of treating people. Um, but even the small, um, even small things like paying someone for a test, even if it's just like for a, um, for like a small fee, if they don't get the job, then they just did the work for nothing. And this isn't everyone's, this isn't, um, this isn't an opinion for everyone to agree with, but I did find a lot of value in that. And when, uh, the art community kind of like stood up and we're, and we're like, yeah, that doesn't sound like a bad idea. Um, I was, I felt kind of, I felt, I felt warm is, is what I'm getting at. I felt, mm-hmm. I felt good about that um, because it's, it's testing out for a project can, um, it, it can be good, but it also can be abused to, um, to a large degree. And I've run into situations where I've tested out for something like very early uh, in my free, freelancing career. And it was when like mobile games were started to take off and um, I sent in my project. I, I spent hours on like this mock-up of like a tiny raccoon character in a mall. And mm-hmm. this, the, and the company, this, this guy who was representing them was like, yeah, it's, it's nice, but it's not quite what we were looking for. And me, I was like, okay, I'm the kind of person that likes feedback. So if this isn't for you, what can I do to make it better? And there was silence. And that's one of the things I don't mm. like when you're testing out. It's like someone doesn't give feedback. They're just like, eh, it ain't for us. Uh, thanks for nothing. And they'll just keep going. And I'm right. It's like, what, what was it that is exactly <laughs> for you? Yeah. Like, also, it's interesting that um, I didn't know that um, testing was a typical thing that you you would encounter as a freelancer for um, animated uh, like explainer videos or like mobile gaming and things like that. But it I, it makes sense, like you know, when you think about it, it's just another. It, it's it's still a like doing like mobile game and stuff. Like it's still a, a creative thing, and they want to like see if you're a, you're a good fit, but. Oh, it's just interesting that that was a part that I did not know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it varies by studio to studio. Uh, mm. I'm not, I don't think it happens like uh, around, like, I don't think it happens across the board. But for the few instances um, in my early career that I did try to test for for certain uh, mobile games and explainer videos, those, and those particular companies tested me but did not give me feedback. And I think feedback as long I mean taken with a grain of salt and as long as it's professional can do wonders for an animator or for any artist it doesn't even have to be feedback that says okay try again it's just feedback going forward in your career and I I know Mm -hmm. that people can kind of look at that as well you don't want someone to handhold you but at the same time this we are a community of artists and as a community it's it's we thrive on being able to know what works and what doesn't. And it only helps other artists in our community. It helps everyone as a whole if we're able to freely share information. So when next time that particular company wants an artist, even if it's not the same person that tested it out for, someone else who's gotten that information will know what to do. And they'll be able to help make that project the best that it can be. And 
I think it's unfortunate that that there are companies out there. Um, I'm a, I, I know nothing about the big companies, so I'll, uh, that, um, I'm not even throwing any names out there. But for some small, some of the small budding companies out there who are looking for someone to test out, um, it's usually a good idea to you know give them a little heads up on what they should expect payment wise, or give them a little heads up on what the testing, uh, what testing out will look like if they succeed and what it'll look like if they do not succeed. And I think that's, I think that's important. Yeah, no, I agree. It's very, very important. And it's, it's like you said, it's, you have to be able to, I don't know, give that feedback. But at the same time, I can uh, not relate, but under, I can understand where uh someone could be coming from if there's like um i don't know a bunch of applicants and then like you can't necessarily give uh a lot of time to everyone i mean i guess it depends on the company like you said um mm -hmm. but yeah that feedback is just so important mm -hmm. i'm sorry i keep going on in these giant tangents and that is super rude no, <laughs> um, I do want to kind of take it back a little bit to you personally here. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. so I, I guess I'm just interested to know, like, since um, we want to talk about you know the indie scene over there and like what it's like and about your project as well. Um, what kind of software I guess do you use? Because I know that it's it's just kind of free range, I suppose, because mm -hmm. you can use whatever you want to create in these um in these in these spaces because you have teams of people working all over the place and like how yeah. do you you reach out to everyone through twitter but mm -hmm. like is the way you work is like you create have like your own like company like your own llc like how does yeah. it how does it work <laughs> for some for some for some of us um we create small little llcs um just so that we can freelance a little more easily and when companies do look um when companies in this area do look at us um they can see they can see the llc next to our name and they can better be able to bill us properly for some companies um out here which are so, uh, which may be bigger than most, they require freelancers to have LLCs. There was a, okay. there was a, there was a job that I was freelancing for that a friend of mine was actively working, uh, working with. And at the time, like everything was checking out and they were like, cool, you're doing really, um, you know, you got what we we're looking for. You got the chops in Adobe, uh, or in the Adobe creative cloud or whatnot. I say Adobe, like they're an entirely different person. I'm sorry. Um, but, uh, <laughs> then they then they asked me uh, so what about your llc now me personally um because i started working full-time uh at a government as a government contractor uh i don't operate my llc full-time as much anymore so when asked i was like well my llc is sparkflow studios comma llc but at the moment um i didn't when i was asked that i didn't present um the right i didn't present like um, documentation for that. It was over the phone and I didn't think mm. it was necessary. I didn't think it was necessary, but to my surprise, that particular company required it. So I was automatically out of the running for that. So that was a hard lesson to learn. Um, 
it, some companies operate that way. Some companies are just like, you got art, you have good art, you got a degree, come on in. And it's, it's not even, <laughs> right. they don't really bat an eye. Can you draw um, good? Here's yeah. job. <laughs> <laughs> Here is job. Can you take orders well? Do not use our bathroom. The end. Come on in. Uh, and that's, <laughs> that, that's fine. Uh, a lot of freelancers that I've worked with have done just that. Um, but Sometimes when you, um, for some freelancers here, or I don't want to say some, most of the freelancers that I know do have LLCs and it's, I think it's, I think it just looks better on their end. And so when companies approach them, they can be able to handle their, their, um, they can, they can be able to better report it on their tax documents as well. Okay. How do companies uh, like find you as like an individual, uh, like as an individual or as your company? Because that you said that you uh, you're a government contractor. Does that mean that you specifically make these types of like animated videos for like government establishments that like need that need these things? As a government contractor myself, I personally work on site with the um, with my company. Um, so okay. what the uh, um, most companies that I've that I've worked with already have the software that they need for the artist to work on, and it's nine times out of ten it's Adobe. And in fact, it's ninety nine point nine times out of um, uh, out of a hundred. It's it's Adobe. It's all Adobe. When and, you say Adobe, do you mean um, animate slash flash? Um, see, that's a trickier question. <laughs> or Photoshop. Um, or the whole creative suite. Or the whole well, suite, like After Effects. Adoption. I mean, audition. Adoption. Tell me more about Adoption. Yes, tell me more about this. Adoption. I would love that. I would love that job. Wow. <laughs> so this one, this is a trickier question because most companies are already saddled up with the Adobe Creative Suite or Creative Cloud, okay. I guess it's called now, um, especially the government sector. The government sector loves Adobe from what I can tell. Um, and as far as Flash slash Animate is concerned, so we all remember when Apple was like, hey, Flash sucks. Don't use it no more because there are vulnerabilities and we just don't like it. And that really like that really put a bad face on Flash at the time. Do do you guys remember that at all? Yeah, yeah, mm. of course. So, so, <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so, so I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna take that as a as a definite yes. So, <laughs> companies <laughs> around uh, companies around the clock. Uh, I'm sorry, across the board, we're looking at how people's perceptions were changing because of that. And we all know, or at least here in animation, know that Flash and Flash Player are basically two different things. You can animate in Flash and do a pretty okay job. Like you can create some really banging animation if you, you know, if you're dangerous enough. Um, yeah. But companies, they got real cold feet about the uh, about the word Flash, like. 100 percent oh they and, interpreted it as the wrong thing okay yes they did i'm still having yeah. i'm still having like legit arguments uh at um at my government contractor regarding the use of flash it's the only animation software that we have available that does um that can do 2d animation i can do photoshop just fine mm -hmm. but usually we want our stuff to be vector so we can be able to like when our clients come back to us and they ask, "Can you resize this?" Vector does that a little uh, does that a little more easily. So, right, it's it's really tough 
to use Flash in certain environments up here, up here, and we have to call it Adobe Animate for sure. But when you're in a government, um, the government is very particular that certain software be made within the US. And if it's something like Clip Studio Paint, which is not owned by a company in the US, they say mm. no. They straight up say no. Oh, At, but it's so nice. Yes. It is nice. It's it's I've it's, it's um, very idiotic. I've I'm very, <laughs> every time I have this conversation, oh, American made program. <laughs> wherever to, every time I have this conversation and someone says no, it has to be an American made program. I just I'd imagine I'm just donning the Statue of Liberty torch and gown, <laughs> <laughs> just wrapping themselves up in the American flag, and I'm like, ah, oh, jeez, okay, I'll do this again. <laughs> oh boy. Um, we're kind of stuck with Flash slash Animate as it is. And it's a useful program. It's also, in my experience, a very buggy program. And mm. unfortunately, we kind of have to live with it. It's, no it's hard. Can't change their mind to like to use a Harmony or something? You have to specifically ask for that. And mm. with, with some of the companies here in this area, um, it takes a long time for that uh, for other li for licenses of different products to be uh, procured. Let's put it that way. It, it, uh, there was a time when I asked for some plugins for After Effects. Um, and these were very cheap plugins, probably like $50, $50 to maybe $100. Took six months to get into our, our studio. And at home, I just downloaded them the same day. It's kind of difficult for certain shops uh, up in the area. Um, sometimes if, you gotta be a pirate. Sometimes you gotta be, or <sighs> it's, it's, it's so weird. Bigger, um, government contractors like to stay within the U S and, uh, more, um, more privatized, uh, companies that are working on their own that don't have to answer to, uh, you know, Uncle Sam or anything like that, they can honestly do whatever they want, but they still have to go through a procurement process, which could honestly, it can take a long time. Um, I think the longest I've, I've had to wait for like a independent, like a privately owned company to pick up some, um, pick up some, uh, different products other than the Adobe creative call out probably a couple weeks, which not too bad. It ain't six months. But there yeah. were times when I'm there were times when I'm just like, you know what? Um, while you guys are procuring that, I'm gonna take my project home, work on it from home. And when I come when I when we have our next meeting, you'll see that I already had it done. Because I have the product, I have the the plugins and the and the uh, software at home and done deal. Yeah, um so question. Uh I feel like uh a little bit going back a little bit earlier, uh when we were talking about childhood and uh realizing that people work on these cartoons and uh you are people and you can also work on cartoons yeah. and make cartoons did you ever feel like you wanted to try to move to where like cartoons are being made like new york oh, no. or la or any other big cities like uh was that on your mind at all or did you always Ooh. think okay i want to do the indie route like i want to make stuff for myself um, oh boy! <laughs> or you know, like, well, on the side to be able to make uh, my own animation. 
Well, if you weren't worried about me ta- uh, going on a long tangent before, strap yourselves in because I got quite the story for you. <laughs> um, so when, when, I was, <laughs> when I was freelancing um, with the government contractor that I, I was with now, um, I actually quit as about a few years back. And mm. at, that, at that time, I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go to California. I got this freelancing gig working uh, with a third party company on Bojack. I'm going to go work uh, work in that same city so I can beef up my skills with the people who are actively working in the industry. I'm going to go where the action's at. Um, so I made this decision into in the winter of 2015 when we had a blizzard. Hmm. Um, I had quit a couple weeks prior um, and I'll, I told my, I told my managers, look, I'll stay here for a month, but after that, um, I'm going to go chase my dream. Thanks a lot. Um, I was already actively working on my independent projects, but by then I really wanted to get more involved with the industry. So on my way to work one day, uh, it was after a blizzard. I waited very late to start driving cause I figured the sun would start melting, melting the ice on the road a bit more. I was living out by the countryside. So Unfortunately, roads weren't treating very well, so I, I waited oh. out a little. I waited it out a little bit more. When I felt comfortable, I decided. To, um, I decided to go go for it, and half the trip I was fine. And um, then I hit a hill, uh, and I and I slowed up just a little bit. And I wanted to make sure that I wasn't going to speed out of control because uh, who knows if there was black ice on the hill. I don't know that. The person coming at me doesn't know that. Oh, God, there right. is black ice. And we hit each other head on. Oh. Um, and my car was demolished. I was fine. Uh, I, I'm, I'm alive talking to you guys right now. Yeah. So I'm okay. Um, okay not a ghost. Not a ghost. <laughs> not a ghost. Not a ghost. Not a, ghost. <laughs> a, a lot of a lot of things happened after that incident, though. Um, obviously, my car was destroyed, so I had no way of going to California. I knew technically no one there at the, um, at that time, um, and my finance because of that incident, my finances were out of whack, and I wound up going to the hospital not that long afterwards. And I come to find out that I had a fractured rib that I was walking around on for four years and I had no clue about it. Whoa. Uh, I, what? I had a, um, I had a previous accident years beforehand. And because as a freelancer, you don't get much health insurance. You kind of have to deal with that yourself. Um, the, I, I went to a doctor's office who kind of just waved me off. Unfortunately, I didn't get, I didn't oh. get properly checked up on. So I was walking around in pain for, uh, with back pain for four years. And when I finally got to the doctor, um, they were, they took a, they, they took a, they took a scan, they took an x-ray and they were like, you've had a fractured rib, not from this accident though, because it's been healing. <laughs> you've got a, you've been walking around with a fractured rib for years. <laughs> Maybe take the month off. Wow. And so oh I took, I took all of that as like one big karmic sign from the universe. And I was like, maybe, maybe I need to rein it in a little bit. Um, to put it bluntly, this job that I'm with now is safe. It is, it may not be exactly what I want it to be. Um, I mean, I'm working as a photographer and a videographer with the government contractor that I'm with now. Right. Um, it's not entirely animation. I do it every so often. 
but I don't have to worry about where my next meal is going to come from. I don't have to worry about health benefits or, you know, retirement funds. All that is already there. I have a full-time job that I could honestly, if I wanted to, I could just I could just go through it. Um, I could just I could stay with them up until I retire. I'm 35. Mm-hmm. These are things I should be thinking about. Um mm-hmm. But I want more, <laughs> and that's the greedy, that's the that's the greedy part of me. That's the that's the part of me that's like, I'm not fulfilled, not terribly. Um, I I have my base I needs. Yeah, I, I have my greedy to feel like you you want to fulfill something that's uh, I guess the part of your soul. You yeah, know? yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Uh, that's that's that was a bad way of putting that. Um, I do want more from the job that I have and the job that I have doesn't give it to me. What I do have is time when I get home with my wife and we can generate cartoon ideas with each other that we rip off of each other um, whenever we have the opportunity. And in doing so, I was like, you know what? It might take longer, but at the very least, I have access to programs that I don't have to ask anyone else for. I have access to artists who are also working on their own projects they may be far away but i can still connect with them we can still get together uh even if virtually and come up with ideas check each other's work in a very professional uh, very professional manner and make those ideas come to life in a way the tricky the tricky part is getting money off of that and that's (laughs) that's the hard part but um I'm still able to work in animation on my own. If I wanted to, I could still, uh, I could still reach out to um, the company that I was working with under BoJack and ask for some um, ask for some additional assignments on a, on any projects that um, and that they may have open. Um, I could do that with I could do that with a couple of um, couple of freelance companies here as well. But I like being able to work on something that's born from me, that's born from my imagination here. The mm-hmm. the hard part is making it profitable. I'm always, I always kind of see myself kind of getting a little anxious towards the end of the day because I'm like, oh man, how am I going to expand the world of my little cartoon? Well, I could do this and I can have this freelancer uh, do this and that. Oh, I got to write this down. And when I get home, I'm just like, as long as I'm not super exhausted from work, I'm going crazy at my home computer, just you know, drawing up things and you know, typing up and I'm typing up ideas in the Google document and working on my animation skills and Clip Studio Paint. The dream is still going. It's going to take a little longer than I expected, mm-hmm. but you don't necessarily have to travel all the way out to another state on the other side of the country to achieve it. The way that right. the, the way that the internet is now, the world is vast. It's massive, but it's also smaller at the same time. I can, we can all connect with people in this, in this giant world now, and that's the beauty of the the medium that we're working with with animation and with storytelling. It's it's a communication device, and we're able to do we're able to create a lot more together than we were alone. I do kind of. I do kind of have that grass is greener feeling every soon, um, every now and then, but I do try to remember um, 
when I took uh, uh, a class with um, Joe Murray uh, about, oh, eight, yeah. about yeah about about eight years ago he he did like an online kind of training class and everything mm-hmm. um, like you know what to expect when you're creating your own idea what to uh, you know how you should approach uh, you know um, how how you should approach companies when you're trying to like market your idea and whatnot but one thing he stuck out to me. Uh, he said that stuck out to me was, and it's such a cliche thing to say, but at the same time, it's so true. You don't, you shouldn't quit your day job, not because you can't do it, but your day job probably pays, probably pays a lot more than what you're expecting to be paid in the long run. Um, you shouldn't just throw that away willy nilly, not unless you have something on the back end. Once you have something on the back end that's waiting for you, go for it. Make sure it's for you, but don't throw it away just yet. And I'm keeping that in mind. Mm. No, that's really powerful. Like I get goosebumps. Yeah. That's yeah really same. <laughs> oh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, did, did you, were you about to... I was just going to ask a little more information about Little Monsters. That's exactly what I was about to ask. So, uh, (laughs) tell us a little bit more about the Will of Monsters, your current project that you are working on. Okay. Uh, What what is it about? And uh, what is it? And when can we see it? (laughs) <laughs> well you can you can watch the, the teaser now on twitter or on youtube um just a sh- just a very short minute and some change uh kind of taste of this action adventure fantasy that i have in mind um it stars two scarecrows well, one is named punk and he is doting after his apprentice uh, a scarecrow named cham and they're out training in the wilderness to become better adventurers. Um, however, they run into a bit of an untalented witch named um, named Papaya Hexago, or, or Pi for short. She has an enchanted silkworm that she uses as a scarf and as a pet. And I don't want to say shenanigans ensue, uh, because that's that's pretty that's pretty small what they have to deal with. They're there are issues with prejudice. There are issues with trying to find uh, one's purpose in the world that they have to deal with. Um, the uh, The base summary of this is these three characters are trying to learn how to work together uh, in spite of the difficult challenges of being different in a dangerous world. And I, I kind of... Um, I'm trying to do my best not to not to create straight one-to-one allegories with uh, uh, with actual people of minorities. I don't want to say like black people are scarecrows or something like right. that. I think I think that's been done a million times before, and it doesn't need to be here. Mm-hmm. But I do think that there is an importance in saying that my uh, people who are disadvantaged by others by uh, by people about other people who are either richer or more well off or who have a higher status in society the people who are under them they they have the right to stand up and fight for themselves and to speak for themselves and to provide a life for themselves and they deserve the opportunity and the stage to do so Um, and that is that is my whole crux with the will of monsters is making 
it's, it's making this gigantic adventure full of a wide assortment of characters dealing with the oppressions of their world, no matter how dangerous, no matter how big or terrifying that they may be. That sounds really cool. Mm-hmm. Is this, Thank uh, you. So is this a YouTube series or is it a, a short film that you're doing now? How uh, How is it going to be, uh, I guess... What's the goal? Or so? what, yeah, what's, yeah what's, what's the goal with the project? I've got a couple of phases with the project. For right now, um, the film itself, uh, what I, the thing I'm actively working on, it's, it's going to be 45 minutes. I've got a complete draft uh, of an animatic that's sitting out on Vimeo now. Um, and I've had, I've had a couple of different storyboarders come in and help me out. And, um, and uh, I've, edited my, I've edited myself. I'm going to take another stab at that draft sometime next year. Um, while I'm busy working out uh, the backgrounds and the color theory for the film itself with Sarah Gavigan, my background artist, um, I'm also looking into creating um, some web comics for this film itself. And those web comics are going to help expand the world itself. The two scarecrows, um, they're not the only ones. There's a bunch of different kinds of people that live in this world. And I don't want to call them vampires. I don't want to call them werewolves or whatnot. These are all kind of Hollywood, Western, uh, Western Hollywood staples in horror cinema. Um, but I decided to take uh, my own take on, uh, I decided to take my own stab at them and see what I could do to remix them and make them a little bit more modern, but also palatable. So they could be, it would be like if someone were watching or were reading these web comics They'd be seeing these character. They'd be seeing these recognizable characters for the very first time. Uh, so that's my goal for this year: is just to help expand this world and help detail it. So when someone visits a Twitter page or comes to the page on Newgrounds and sees the Will of Monsters teaser, they'll know that there's mu- they'll see other links to it and see that there's other information that they can dive into, other storylines that they can kind of connect connect with seeing other people reside in this world that's my intent or that's my goal for this year um my ultimate goal is to create a series uh mm-hmm. i i don't know how that's going to happen uh baby steps for now and these are some pretty large baby steps if i'm going to be honest but um i think messages like this are important for people um only so much that there are there's there's so much there's a lot of strife going on uh not just in our country but in the world itself and i think people who are disadvantaged or who who do um who are more likely to lose more than not they deserve to see um they, they deserve to see themselves in media even if it's not my media even if it's not um like uh like you know something big or extravagant as as game of thrones or something they deserved is to be represented somewhere because people exist people matter uh and that's that's something i want to try and tackle with the will of monsters it's a it's it's a it's it's a tall order that's for that's for dog on shore <laughs> but uh <laughs> that's where i'm at hey well we hope you get there and yeah. we hope we get to you know see, see that come to fruition for sure yeah thanks um, at this stage in the game, um, we got some Twitter questions for you. Oh, do you? Yeah. C- cool. Let's do it. 
All right. So at Ty Ryan Art, uh, Tyler Schlossman, he has uh, two questions for you here. One of them is, um, with animation tools accessible and learnable from home now, what path of study do you recommend for aspiring independent animators that are still attending college for animation or study of like small businesses and stuff? Um, I think the best thing that, it, um, that, it, that an aspiring animator can do is to watch film and to study film, not so much as to just study character acting. Um, we can all study like uh, Willem Dafoe or Scarlett Johansson's uh, acting, um, uh, and, and acting nuances, and we get a lot from performances. That's our jobs as animators. But I think we gain more when we also learn about film theory or film language, when we think about compositing or what a single image can say without a character having to explain it all the time. I, I do think that there is a lot of, I think there's a, we put a lot of weight behind a term show don't tell, and there is power behind that. But I also think that there is, there's a power in being able to use images and being able to use the written word and be able to combine those together. Um, it's very important, I think, for artists and um, not just animators to to study film to study comics to study any medium that's both visual and written so they get a better sense of what storytelling is rather than what they think storytelling is um what was the other part of that question <laughs> oh the other part was just um Oh, the other, I think you answered it pretty much because the other part was just like what path of study do you recommend? And then mm. it was just talking about like whether or not the person was attending college for animation or mm. if they were just trying to like study like in a small like area or something. But I think yeah. you answered it. That sounded yeah. pretty solid to me. Cool, cool, cool. Okay, cool. <laughs> and then the other question is, how do you define the cost of your work? When you start a project, how do you decide what to charge? That's a tougher one. Um, I typically, I typically go by what I'm charged at my full time job, um, and depending on the um, depending on what I'm asked for, I I might tend to I might tend to add a little bit more hourly. This is a tough question to ask because we all have we all have. A, we all should have an innate sense of where we are in our um, in our quality of work, and I've always yes. gone off. I've always gone off on because I've been hired. I've been hired more on hourly work than I've ever have on a flat fee. I've always gone by that metric and increased that price because while I do things that I'm that I'm pretty confident in at work, I am more confident and my animation work when I get home. And that's obviously going to cost more because they're not only getting the best parts of me, but they're getting the experience that I've carried over from all the jobs that I've had since I began working as a freelancer uh, in a serious fashion. So it's not just about, I don't want to say just come up with just some arbitrary number and go from there. Anybody can say, give me $50 an hour. Um, 
But you have to have a critical eye at your work, be able to look at it objectively and compare it to other people who are charging similar prices and see if your see if some see if your client is definitely going to get the um, the biggest bang for their buck. You kind of have to be honest, but don't undersell yourself too. I, that's a very contra- I know that's super contradictory, but at the same time, it's one you got to eat, mm-hmm. but two, uh, two you don't want to sh- throw out shoddy work either. Um, my wife actually freelances more than I do, and every so often I'll just say, uh, um, uh, I'll say maybe you should come up with this, or maybe you should just draw this for you know for your clientele. But she'll always inevitably say. I want to be able to work on something that I'm happy with because if I'm not happy with it, it's not going to come out right. And that that kind of that kind of critical eye will definitely serve you well. But having a critical eye also means you have to be honest with yourself. Did that Random answer the question? question yeah. <laughs> okay. Very, yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. I keep, I keep going on these no, tangents, and I'm like, oh god, totally. did I say the wrong thing? Tangents. <laughs> <laughs> we are here to talk. We're talking. You are talking. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, but I'm about to go on a tangent. <laughs> well, you're not allowed no, go to do that. Well, I am. <laughs> but um. Yeah, random, random Wayman question. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite animated film and or animated piece of content? Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Oh, why? When I was a kid, <laughs> when I was a kid, I swore that Toontown was real only because uh, uh, Mr. Hoskins d- delivered such a great performance and uh, interacting with quote unquote the rabbit uh and interacting with the world around him like he was he he was i mean god rest his soul he was he was an amazing actor and i've seen him in other films mm. too like he was in this jet lee morgan freeman film like 10 years ago <laughs> I, and i still remember I, yeah it, it, i forget the name um unchained or something but he was it was uh he that film small tangent he was he enslaved jet lee as a an, as what? an attack as a martial arts attack dog, and, oh and it, he's just, he was he was just a smug, uh, the smug uh, mobster with this you know with with a grungy Cockney accent, and he's just sticking Jet Li on these on these on whoever crossed his path, and Jet Li had like a collar around his neck, and Bob Hoskins would just just like unlock it and he'll just go sick him and gently would just massacre the room it was it was great um i loved it but bob hoskins has been in like so many other films like yeah, even hook god okay let me, don't let me forget the I want, Iron I want, Brothers movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and super, well, that's one he actually wanted to forget. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he was like, I never want to hear about that film again. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he did not like that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, with Who Framed Roger Rabbit, the whole impetus of that film was merging these two worlds together, the real world and the cartoon world, and seeing the animators such as Richard Williams and, and his team just go bananas on these fantastic animations and seeing Bob Hoskins performances kind of meld together. As a kid, I couldn't, I couldn't quite put these words together, but it made me realize that 
there is something about film that makes you believe it's real. And, and I'm not, and I, I think that's a whole like, like brain chemistry thing where your mind just tricks you into like having emotions based on the thing that's on the screen. But it's, I, I, I remember that film so dearly and growing up, like I, I see like all these other interesting, really cool concepts like come to life. They, they can be as, they can be zany. They can be radical. They can be thought provoking. They can be like nuanced. Um, but who framed Roger Rabbit was what put me on that path. It was that film that made me go. The cartoons are fucking awesome. I'm not sure if you can swear, but I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> Heck yeah. You can swear. <laughs> uh, oh man. Well, I feel like we are reaching our end of the podcast. And I like to ask a certain question whenever uh, we're nearing the end of the podcast. Um, Waffles or pancakes? <laughs> Is that that's a real question? I'm going, with, I'm going with pancakes. Oh wow! Okay, okay, pancake. That's cool. I guess that's. I guess it's not a waffle, but <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I guess. I guess you know. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. <laughs> I mean, if you're a peasant, then I guess pancakes are cool. <laughs> what is this hate? <laughs> I, I got, I got no, I got no hatred for waffles or pancakes. I just love, I just, I just like pancakes more. Um, fun fact: If uh, we ever get another pet, I am going to convince my wife to name it Pancake. Aww, Aww, what, oh, you have a what? You have a cat now, I believe. See from YouTube. We have two cats. We have one uh, annoying brat named Jonesy, uh, who we love to de- who we love to death, and we have one smug uh, piece of royalty named Marvin, who Mar- I guess Marvin. yeah, just owns the house. I suppose. Uh, yeah, the Mar- <laughs> Marvin be- um, Marvin belongs to my wife's um, to my wife's parents, um, but Jonesy is ours, and we love him to death, even when he annoys me. <laughs> Oh man. Well, okay. So, real question. <laughs> the real, the actual question. Oh god, um, I keep doing that. <laughs> no, no, that was, that was our fault. <laughs> um, and the question I'm about to ask, I feel like you kind of might have already answered, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, what is the type of uh work or stories that you would like to see told in the field of animation? The kind of stories I would like to be told in the field of animation, um, I want to be able to talk about some very, uh, some very like stark social commentary about the things that we are dealing with, uh, or we had to have deal with in in history, either as uh, African Americans or uh, gay, lesbian, trans, or non-binary people. Um, I'd like to be able to talk about these sorts of issues without having to color it in a way that's digestible for just kids. I do think children's media is a very important um, medium to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, I also feel like here in the West, we don't really, the general, the general public doesn't exactly respect animation as a serious form of filmmaking. Um, and I'd like to see stories that tackle subjects that are 
that you would typically um, that are that are harder to adjust, but but still you're able to connect with them. Um, those are the kind of stories I would like to make or I like to see in animation as well. And I think to some degree we're kind of seeing more of that. Um, I would like to see a lot more. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's it's like slow to start, but you know, there's there's the there's the uh, like the trickling. It's trickling in, and yeah, mm-hmm. like we hope we get to see way more of it. Yep. Yeah. Well, brilliant. Thank you very much for being on the podcast, Chris. Y- you have enlightened us to a world that I don't think either of us knew about in terms of like, um, like contractors for animation in like the government space or like in spaces on the east coast like that and like doing explainer videos and just like uh, videography and whatnot for them because yeah i didn't know that <laughs> and Wayman, you're from the coast. why didn't you know that yeah, you failed and i guess i just you're not real <laughs> <laughs> you're not real oh my god that's a sick bird jesus <laughs> <laughs> i'm not real i'm imaginary no <laughs> I have an no. excuse. I'm from the Midwest. Chicago doesn't have this. Well, actually, Chicago has a lot of Man, graphic design and like advertising. So. Mm, gotcha. They're going to be like, why betray us? Be great No. I've unlocked so many things on this podcast. Oh, geez. <laughs> Thank you again for being. Oh no, uh, not what? goodbye just yet. Wait, why? Where, where, where can oh, yeah, people right. find your work? <laughs> we want to see your cool art, and we want to be able to watch Will Monsters trailer. You said it before, but let's say it again uh, clearly for everybody. And uh, yeah. yeah, so and how can, can people support? You? Well, let's see. You can find um, you can find the Will of Monsters. Uh, primarily on Twitter, uh, there is a Twitter address called Will of Mon- um, call, um, called Will of Monsters. There, it's there's a pinned tweet where you can just watch the teaser just right outright. Um, you can find me at C Wade the Sequel on Twitter, where I usually rant about animation and movies and video games. Right now, I'm going pretty hard on Pokemon Sword and Shield, so uh, hit me up on those if you'd like to support. Um, if you'd like to support this project, um, please tell your friends. Please uh, uh, reshare the teaser, or retweet the teaser, show it off to people. Um, there's a lot of things, there, there's a lot of issues and a lot of like really fun, um, really fun stories that I'd like to create with this, uh, with this little project. Uh, but the only way I'll be able to do that is if more people know about it. So uh, thank you so much for hearing me out. And thank you. Thank you very much for being on the podcast. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the podcast, everyone. To keep up with us, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Black and Animated. And be sure to listen for more episodes on blackandanimated.podbean.com and on iTunes. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are of the respective individual and do not reflect the views of our employers. Thanks, guys. Until next time, see you later.